0: Welcome to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. The panel tonight, got Grandpa Batman over in Texas. Howdy. We got uh, Bat Force Tom over in Burning, California.
2: I'm not on fire, but I'm good.
0: You lit boy. <laughs> and we got uh, Robin Cross up in Canada. What's happening? I just realized that being that they just legalized marijuana in Canada, if you put Canada and California together, you have like a fucking lit planet like that's a high planet right there yeah it's
1: funny when when it uh, when it first was legalized for like maybe five days you could smell it everywhere you went <laughs> and now it's kind of just gone back to normal like it died off like everyone's like Woo, let's do it and then they're like okay that's okay. enough let's go back to normal now <laughs>
3: um... i smell it at the stoplights in my town I mean, i'll be <laughs> just, be, just be driving around and be like
0: wow smell it I'm on the
1: 110 burn
0: burn. It. yeah yeah <laughs> on the on the 635 635 <laughs> <laughs> anyway guys um we're doing um special episode tonight um with heavy hearts uh the day has come where we all knew this day would come but i don't think anyone would ever be ready for it and uh the late and great stanley stanley has passed away the probably the biggest name in comic books that we, there is has died stanley and uh uh, we got word today. Um, it's just been an outpouring from everyone today all over the world. You know, send condolences and reflect on how Stan Lee's work and cont- contribution to pop culture has affected them in some way, shape or form. I've seen it all, man. Every Everyone from the actors to fucking band members, Rob fucking zombie, the rock, you name it, man, just all over the spectrum. There's just so much to talk about as a kid. Early '90s, man, like it was Marvel, man. -Man, Spider-Man, McFarlane shit, though. Like Captain America, the X-Men. The architect of Marvel was Stan Lee, you know, with Kirby and Stan Lee's brother and everyone. But the man, the man is passed, and the man is like Walt Disney status for what he's done. You know, it's ironic because Disney actually owns Marvel now, but um, I think
3: I think he's far surpassed walt disney i mean stan lee is easily the most recognizable celebrity not just in the comic genre but probably all of pop culture i mean his work and his imagination and creativity stretches into the movie realms and and clothing brands and you know everything i mean he had his hand in all of it
0: yeah he he was around for a time where we did have bigger conventions and social media and you know more population so there was a lot more exposure on on him as well and uh, obviously you know comic books are just extremely popular you know spider-man alone which he co-created spider-man is in top three batman superman spider-man was like the top three period and you know daredevil too huh gramps that was a daredevil's daddy or co-daddy Huh? that's pretty right uh, well
3: yeah for marvel Hmm. daredevil was actually a character before marvel He wasn't, you know, widely recognized and and widely used. But, you know, Stanley and Wally Wood created, you know, the Matt Murdock version for Marvel, you know, the blind attorney out of Hell's Kitchen, you know, amongst many others, many other characters as well.
1: And we can even go past the the characters that he was directly involved in creating and even the the stuff of the time that he was working uh, on writing and creating and take it past that to everything that how much of what has come since uh, has been informed by the creations that he's responsible for.
0: Mm. You
1: know, how, how many of, uh, of the current creators today and since the Stan's time, you know, how many of, of the people we read and enjoy the art of uh, began doing it because of Stan?
0: And uh, how many opportunities he gave as well. I mean, you know, he had uh, artists from Mad on. He had like, you know, shows where he would showcase new artists. I mean, you have uh, a young Todd McFarlane, Rob Liefeld, and Jim Lee on that show he used to do. They were like, like early 20s, maybe, and just drawing, like kids, you know, just drawing, just. I never heard a bad thing about oh. Stanley from anyone who's ever met him. Have you? Have all you? Any of you guys? I know Tom's met him. Uh, Graham? Cervantes. yeah, I've
3: only seen him at conventions. I, I, I never had the patience to stand in the <laughs> four-hour lines at yeah. the the conventions. I mean, I would see him from you know close proximity and be like, "Wow, that's Stanley." You know, I'm in the presence of greatness, but I'm not standing four hours in line. And yeah. you know, kind of looking back, I, I kind of wish I'd maybe planned better to get there earlier and and, and have the opportunity to you for the him. Miller,
0: right? you were looking for the dark side well <laughs> <Uncle> <laughs> but, um, maybe
3: so but uh yeah you know I, I saw him a couple times but i never really met him yeah thing is um i got i got lucky i got lucky with um
2: the first time well the really the only time i met him was in san diego uh comic-con 2013 and uh there used to be uh, this thing that Zach Levi, Shazam, to those of you who know, that uh, Zachary Levi used to put on. Um, he did it for about maybe like four or five years across the street or wherever he could. It was called Nerd HQ, and it was basically ran by his uh, charity. Um, and so he would use all the uh, all the all the benefits to benefit his charity, which was I think like something about like kids and with cleft palates, I think, or something like that. He had, like, his own mini, like, panels that he would do across the street. He used to do it in Petco Park for a while. And uh, you can go across the street and, like, charge your phone. He had couches and, like, vendors with food. And the the biggest thing, though, is that um, everything was kind of, like, surprise. So, like, he had surprise panels, surprise guests. You just had to be on Twitter, and they would announce it, like, day of. They would announce it, like, send a tweet saying, if you want to join this panel, sign up right now and give like a $5 donation to the charity, and you can get in the panel. And the panel was never more than like 100 seats uh, to get really intimate with like whoever you're trying to get in with. And um, one of the panels that I went to do, there was like a Doctor Who panel, but there was a couple other panels that we got into. Um, one of them was a Game of Thrones panel, so we did that. And so after I got out of the Game of Thrones panel with uh, the dude who plays Rob Stark, um, I was just kind of like waiting in the lobby, just like charging my phone, sitting on a couch. And then there was a photo booth set up. And then there was a tweet that said uh, $20, $20 charity donation for photos with Stanley in 15 minutes, wait in line by the photo booth. And I'm like looking around and no one is like seeing this, so I'm like, holy shit. So I just like log in. I register. You just do a $20 PayPal. And then boom, it gives you a little ticket. So I walk up and stand in line. And out of nowhere, just the, these three people came in with Stanley, and he got in front of the photo booth, and people start freaking the fuck out. Like, shook his hand, took a picture with him, and I was like, "Wow!" I'm like, "Thank you so much for everything you contributed." Oh, it's my pleasure. You having a good? <laughs> are you having a good Comic Con? Yeah, it's great. It's really, it's really good. It's, you know, it's, I, this is probably the best thing so far. Oh, it's don't say that. I know seeing an old man probably isn't the best thing of your Comic Con. And then I was like, "Well, mm-hmm. have a good, have a good day, Stan. I really appreciate it." Oh. You too, have a good and he was like the nicest dude. So like so nice, so warm. And like the thing that people said about him was how humble he was and how much he appreciated his fans. And it was true. Like he was just as enthusiastic. This was five years ago when he had, you know, somewhat uh some more energy ninety years old, but he had more energy than most people there. But he was ninety at the time and he was still walking around on his own, still like getting by on his own. Um so he he was just the freaking sweetest dude ever. And there's something else that we saw today where our good buddy, Andy Manley, who's like an up-and-coming artist, uh, a couple years ago, he met Stan Lee. I think he said when he was like 14, and uh, he took him like a picture of the Vitruvian Man that that he did as Stan Lee. So it's like Stan Lee as Vitruvian Man. But instead of like the other man's body parts, it was like a Hulk leg, Thor's hammer holding a hammer, like Iron Man's arms and Stan Lee's head. So he gave it to Stanley, and he gave it to him with like a return envelope with his address, just like wondering if anything would happen. And a couple weeks later, Stanley sent back in a letter, like a personalized letter on his on his letterhead, saying, um, "Thank you for the photo. It's so it's so creative, excelsior!" And he signed it, Stanley, to Andy Manley. So crazy.
0: Tell the story real quick with uh, Frank Miller and Barnes and Noble. That's oh,
2: right. dude. So. Um, That was, it was the, was it the Dark Knight 3? I think it might have been the anniversary of the Dark Knight. Um, So they were coming out with like a 30th anniversary Dark Knight trade paperback. And um, this was right when Frank Miller just started like going around the convention scene again. This was like, what, like two or three years ago? Uh, This is Barnes and Noble at the Grove in Hollywood. And um, it was just billed as, you know, Frank Miller, Q&A, signing. Um, So you show up. Uh, I went with Legends of Lego Batman, Jason, and uh, while we were in line, we were actually registering for Comic-Con tickets for that year as well. Um, so then we just kind of waited around a bit for the signing, and we're sitting in the audience, uh, you know, waiting to get our book signed and, and see a QA and a with Frank Miller that's at that point, you know, three years ago, he had just started to do these things again. So it was like once in a lifetime, you know. Um, so we're sitting in the audience, and then they bring out Frank Miller, and he sits set the table and the the moderator's like frank it's great to have you here blah 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 this was this was like weeks before batman vs superman came out also so it was like frank miller like frank miller was every like his name was everywhere at the time you know as far as his influence and um so the moderators like frank thanks for coming out you know this is a really big day this is a really big year for you blah 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 um but we ha- we do have another special guest who wanted to come by and say hello and then like he points to the back and so everyone turns And everyone fucking gasps, like, oh, my God. (laughs) And it's fucking Stan Lee. Stan Lee walking through the crowd with a microphone in his hand. And he walks up, and he's like, all right, Frank, I got one question for you. Who would win in a fight, Batman or Captain America? And everyone, (laughs) like, cheers and shit. And everyone's, like, taking pictures and video. And, like, everyone can't believe you came for Frank Miller. Now you're seeing Stan Lee walk in. So he walks through the crowd and he sits at the table with Frank and he starts interviewing Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. Like he starts sitting down across from Frank Miller and like telling Frank about, yo, when I was working at Marvel and I saw what you were doing with Batman, it was so exciting. It was so exciting to see what you were. And he's like talking about uh, how he saw Frank's, you know, uh, Frank Miller's uh, stuff coming out and what it did. At Marvel it scared the shit out of him basically is what he was saying um, they were like holy shit you know everyone had to adjust to um, Frank Miller's style now because it was so groundbreaking so he was explaining on the Marvel end you know what that was doing to comics
3: for Marvel well, yeah. comics I mean because he basically took, he took over the Daredevil title and made him like relevant because they were about to you know just cut the book and yeah. uh they were just like, sure, you you can have it, do whatever you want. And he had always wanted to do like detective stories and and crime and stuff like that. So he he put that into the Daredevil run, and it just like you know it was just like a a shot in the arm and and uh, yeah. for a time you know made Daredevil the probably one of the most popular you know definitely one of their on the A team of of Marvel you know for a while under that run so yeah i mean i'm sure stanley had a a big uh influence on him first wanting to get into comics and then two, you know being successful at him mm. um,
2: you, you, yeah he was saying how uh frank was talking about how like um what he loved about about stan and this, and this is fucking amazing I mean, again you're watching stanley have a conversation with frank miller right in front of you and Frank was talking about, like, some of the stuff that he loved was how Stan made things that were, like, impossible and astonishing and made them part of, like, the everyday world. And how he, he created these larger-than-life characters, but he made them exist in a world that you can see yourself in. And so that's what he t- took to, you know, to his characters that he would work with. He wanted to create something that was believable at a ground level, but still kind of, like, astonishing and amazing at the same time. But obviously, you know, he put his own dark, gritty spin to it. And that's how, and then Stan was talking about how, you know, the whole comic industry had to react to Frank Miller with, uh, it was, you know, we were making books for for kids and families and we were making bright colors. And here you go coming around with this dark and scary stuff.
0: (laughs) And we had to figure out what to do. I remember um, when Frank told Stan, I think it was that time um, that, Bob Kane read The Dark Knight Returns and didn't like it. And Stan and Stan's face was like, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bob's a funny guy. <laughs> and, and Frank, Frank, answered,
2: Frank also answered Stan's question of who would win in a fight, Batman or Captain America. And Frank Miller was like, Batman wouldn't even get sent out. Robin would take care of him. And uh, <laughs> Everyone fucking rolled at that. They loved that. So Stan was there for like maybe for the first 20 minutes of the interview. You know, they did their thing. And then he stood up to pictures holding the Dark Knight Returns next to Frank Miller. Which if you Google search Frank Miller, Stan Lee, that's like one of the first pictures that comes up is Give Stan me. at that side holding up the Dark Knight Returns in that picture.
0: So. Giving the do, huh, Graham? That's that's giving some do right there, man. That's giving lots of do, yeah. I was going
1: to say there was also uh, Frank's tweet from earlier today. Uh, he said, uh, "Devastated by my pal Stan's passing, he was a childhood inspiration and instructor to me when I was just getting started, and a genuinely sweet man. We'll miss him terribly."
0: I'll never forget that image, that picture they took of. Um, it was a few years ago. Um, it was uh, they were all doing a, a convention. I think it was Houston, somewhere in Texas, and then I guess they all got invited to a baseball game later. They yeah, got, they were. Uh, oh
3: God! Yeah, they, they got, got to. Throw out the first pitch at the Texas Rangers Dude, game.
0: You had Stan Lee, Todd McFarlane, and Frank Miller. Crazy. Like, needed
2: was Victor gig and you would have been complete.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about Todd McFarlane's close relationship with Stan, and how Todd said, "I forgot where he said it was. Not too long ago, about you know, Todd always had this really he has he's always had this personality, you know, this I don't, for lack of better terms, like this like uptight, stern personality, you know, like quick personality. But he learned a lot from stanley in terms of fans and how to take time for each fan and really appreciate them he said stan did for every single one of his fans and you can't fake that especially over a lifetime you know what i mean you you can't fake something like that so he what are these stories i think
3: said, one of the biggest things with um you know stanley's legacy is that he really made you know not just in the comics but he he wanted it all to be a community you know community for the fans he made the universe that these characters, you know, lived in for the most part was like one big, you know, universe, one big community and stuff like that. So really, I mean, he really brought that aspect to, you know, the fans to it. I mean, you can't say enough for the guy. I mean, like you said, he, he went out of his way, even though there were times and there were all those stories about, you know, as he was getting older that, um maybe he was getting taken advantage of in a way or something like that That but he was all yeah he was always going out of his way to you know make sure everyone that showed up you know got a picture or or an autograph
2: something that uh, i was noticing today specifically that um really like like made you realize how far and wide his impact was is the amount like the crossover that he reached with pop culture like not just with you know, we talk about the movies and we talk about comics and television and shows, but like something that, that I noticed today more so than anything was um, all these all these musicians that I that I look up to and that I like, like all these music, like, all these metalheads, all these all these guitar, like all these all these performers, they all fucking had a post about Stan Lee, like and, uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax. What's his name from Unvmc. Um, all these fucking people, like you know, the dudes from Slayer, the dudes from um, Exodus, all these old school eight, 80- Kirk Hammett from Metallica, like they all said how influential he was to them when they were kids because you know he he basically injected this like creative juice into these kids who didn't know where else to put like some of this stuff and like you see some of the '80s covers, like some of these metal covers from the '80s, and it's like looks like comic book covers, you know? It's like. Um, all these all these images and all these like things that you see, it's like, these guys could be fucking... These artists could be comic book artists. And a lot of times it ended up happening, you know, like Todd McFarlane, Greg Capullo ended up doing art for comics. And uh, and it kind of ties into another story that I had was at... Com- it used to be called comic before it was LA Comic-Con, but at LA Comic-Con, another like four years ago or so, I was walking around and they had like this... They call it the Stan Lee Traveling Museum and it's just kind of like his personal like a lot of his personal collection and personal memorabilia of things that he's created that he's like kind of kept hold of and they just kind of bring it out so you can walk through it and look at it uh but at the very end if you pay like a hundred bucks you can like sit down and have a picture with him and uh, i was just walking through it and as i'm walking through it i'm like walking next to sebastian bach the singer i don't know if you guys are familiar with him but to yeah. sing <laughs> for skid row 80s hair metal band skid row you've got a uh, he quit Yeah, exactly. He quit the band and he did his solo thing or whatever, but I'm walking around it's fucking Sebastian Bach, you know, and he's like, he's fucking massive. He's like 6'4", tall, blonde. He talks like this, man. He's got this like really distinct (laughs) voice and it doesn't matter where you are. If you hear him talk like this, you know, it's Baz. You know, it's him. (laughs) And so like, uh, I'm like, that's fucking Sebastian Bach. Like, I'm like, what's Sebastian Bach, you know? And so I'm watching him, and he's, like, right next to me going through the museum. And at the very end, he paid 100 bucks to go meet Stan Lee. So he's waiting with all the other, all the other fans, you know? And uh, so he waits in line, and he goes up to meet Stan. I'm like, I got to watch this. I, I remember taking <laughs> pictures of it, but I can't remember what happened. But the whole time, this guy, he's, like, 6'4", like, long platinum blonde hair, all black. Like, he sticks out like a sore thumb, standing next to 90-year-old Stan Lee, who's really little. And the whole time... <laughs> oh mr lee i just gotta tell you you were such an influence to me when i was a kid man oh my god i can't believe him and he's like he's bawling he's bawling fanboying yeah oh so hard like i i'm like holy shit this guy's losing it in front of stan lee and he and i'm like well that it makes sense like all these dudes were little kids when his stuff was coming out and like nothing else had been like that you know these superhero comic books. Like, you don't get that. At the time, that was the only place you can get that shit. You know, they didn't have lunch boxes, They didn't have, like... They barely started getting that stuff. They didn't have television shows. They didn't have movies with any of that on there. Like, that was the only place you can get it. So it was like meeting a dude. You know, you're meeting the guy that fucking created your childhood. And um, it makes sense as to why you're seeing all these posts from literally everybody giving tributes to the guy today. It's just crazy.
3: Well, that's why I'm, I said, you know, his reach goes way beyond... You know, Walt Disney in a way. I mean, of course, Disney owns everything now. But as far as like face recognition, everyone yeah. knows who Stan Lee is. I, I don't know what Walt Disney looks like, but
2: I, I you know, know if you I know
3: what Stan Lee looks like.
2: If I show a picture of Stanley to Robbie and a picture of Jesus to Robbie, I bet you Robbie fucking recognizes Stan Lee more than Jesus, which is really sad to say. But that's <laughs> what it is. It's, it's like, I bet you most kids these days, are the same thing you put a picture of. Well, I mean, Donald Trump's kind of famous, but you know, most presidents, you take a picture of a president who wasn't within the last like 10 years and you put him next to Stanley, they're probably not going to be able to. Like, you put like Jimmy Carter's pa- uh, picture next to Stanley, no one's going to know who Jimmy Carter is. Everyone's going to know who Stanley is. Mm. It's crazy. Yes.
0: Yeah, it was-
1: uh, that uh, that Stanley and Jesus uh, <laughs> comparison. Could make a good T-shirt rather than uh, the the usual quote. Y'all motherfuckers need Stan.
0: <laughs> the um, I don't I don't know if it's a real quote or not from Stan Lee, but there was a funny one circulated where it's it said it was from Stan Lee saying, when they asked Stan Lee about digital comics, he says, "Oh, God. comics are like bo- comics are like boobs. They look good on the computer screen, but I rather have one in my hand." I think he said that. Yeah. He's a funny guy, man. There's um, some funny quotes. Uh. Uh,
1: so uh, as we go along, I want to read uh, some tweets gradually from other creators that have spoken about Stan. Uh, but as we're recording this, I'm just chatting with Clay Mann. Uh, I reached out to ask him if he had any quotes to say about Stan. Uh, cause, uh, as you learned, when Clay was on the show a little while ago, he had grown up uh, being a big Marvel fan. Clay had just replied, uh, he's not a good wordsmith. Uh, So many people have said the perfect thing today. I did ride in an elevator with him with just him and his bodyguard once. I said nothing. I want him to have a moment of peace. He knew who he knew. I knew who he was. I hope I was sort of regretting it today.
0: Damn. Wow. Wow, That's that's really intense.
1: Yeah, that that is uh, there's a lesson in that, you know, uh, uh, in a story of regret like that. Yeah, missed opportunities.
2: You know, I I noticed it when he was on, and some of the things that he would say. Clayman could be a fucking killer writer if you put if you put some time into it. I bet. I know he it, said that he's got ideas.
1: It's funny. Uh, after he told me that, I said that is actually a good story of regretting a missed opportunity, and he said I could write a book of missed opportunity, and oh, I, I said, <laughs> and you could draw the hell out of it. <laughs> I think Olivier Coppel could draw the hell out of his book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we, we got a good one from Tom King today wrote him, as a tribute to Stan and his immortal Stan Lee Presents since the start of my career, I've tried always to put a DC Comics Presents before my titles. I told him this once. He nodded, patted me on the back and said, forget that kid, just write for Marvel. Uh, that was a good. That was a good one, <laughs> Stanley. That's a good one. He was a true New Yorker too, man. You know what? Stanley was a veteran and a native New Yorker, old New York. Um, triple blow, especially it's the city of New York today, where uh, you know it's it's uh, you could feel it everywhere in the uh, nerd realm or whatever. It's uh, Forest Hills, so um, you know that's where Spider Man comes from and Aunt May, and he has a you know Stanley has a deep connection with Forest Hills, so it's uh, yeah, we're definitely mourning one of our own. And uh, you know, the guy was um the guy was kind of larger than life. He really was. he uh, he he fed off the fan's energy, but and he he was kind of a showman, but I feel like he was in a way where he he never really made it about himself, but the people around him. And I, I think that says a lot. I think you know, I think that's like his imagination from creating all these characters. I think that's a certain version of it, just living in this. this world of optimism and energy and hope you
1: know a tweet from todd mcfarlane uh so he posted a photo of himself sitting with stan and they both have ear to ear smiles on their faces Uh, todd said this photo of stan lee is who this man was his great superpower was making people the people he met feel good about themselves i personally saw his generosity to his fans and he did it with genuine joy i wish all of you could have spent two minutes with him
0: it was uh, 2008, and this was a couple of years after New York Comic Con first started. And we were new, we were always missing the tickets. It was such a new thing. And we were like, you know, where do we get tickets? Did he send them out the door? You know, so we finally got tickets. Me and my friend Joe, we finally got tickets to go to New York Comic Con. It was the first time to go to New York Comic Con, 2008. And when you go to New York Comic Con, I don't know if it's like this in San Diego Comic Con, but New York Comic Con, because Javits Center's colossal, um, it's like this... This area where it's it's like it feels like it's a football stadium, large this open area, almost like an empty parking garage. And you know, they wind the, these massive lines, they snake them around and everything. And there's just so many people waiting to get into the main entrance to New York Comic Con because it's so massive. We're waiting, and there's just you know, just thousands of people on, online. And all of a sudden, you hear like this roar, this moving roar. And then you just see, you know, it's 2008, so it's 10 years, so he was what, 85? Fucking Stan yeah. Lee, just like running alongside the line, giving high fives, freaking yeah. high fiving, like <clears throat> like a light jog, like a light jog, high fiving and smiling and laughing and just you know, you know when you do the wave at football games, it was like the equivalent of that with screams and whatever, It was, it was really cool. Oh, that, that was a cool moment. We so we did a post asking people um uh to tell their stories of that they had with Stan Lee. So Angel Young writes um. I was lucky enough to meet Stan a few times. He inspired me so much as a writer with what he accomplished. One time when I met him, he gave me a shirt and signed it for me because he thought I was sweet. I still have it framed in my room. Once in college, we had to talk about writers that inspired us. I brought in my framed picture of myself with Stan. I keep that picture above my desk as inspiration when I write. When I feel discouraged, I think of his story and it helps me to keep going. I cried a few times today and had several messages sent to me to see if I'm okay. I cannot thank him enough for what he's done for comics and the inspiration he's given so many, including myself. <clears throat> our, our good friend, uh, the Dope Knight himself, Dunk Dave, said uh, he was the king of Saturday morning television for him growing up. Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four. He couldn't go a Saturday without watching these. Today, a piece of everyone's childhood has been lost, but forever remembered. Wesley Collects wrote, I had the chance to meet him at DragonCon in Atlanta last year. I was so starstruck, all I could manage to say was thank you. After we took a photo together, he looked at me and exclaimed, Well done! I'll never forget (laughs) it. Head in the Stars writes, I only met Stan Lee once. I was so awestruck, I couldn't actually say anything to him. He was so friendly and nice. I'm so glad I got to meet him, such a great person. G.T. McCarthy writes, I was roughly 10 years old when I found Spider-Man 2099. I wanted to be a comic artist since I was three and while I've been drawing and reading comics since, it was that book and Dark Knight Returns that got me into high gear. I'm only 17 and have a long way to go, but after attending a summer program at VCU, that goal I made as a three-year-old became so much more real. I never got to thank Stan in person, And I know he didn't create Spider-Man 2099, but he inspired the people who did. Stan is a powerful figure because his influence permeates through the entire comic industry, and I will miss him. I think one of my friends said it the best. He's like the Bob Ross of comics. Uh, JMCK965 writes, I'm 53 years old. When I was a teenager, my goals in life were to marry a good woman, raise a family, and meet Stan Lee. Last year, I accomplished the last part. I shook his hand and being nervous and starstruck, the only thing I could get out was, how are you doing, Mr. Lee? And in that great voice, he exclaimed, great. It is a moment I'll always remember. (laughs) Uncle Desmond wrote, meeting Stan at the 2013 Fan Expo in Toronto, one of the most cherished and important photos ever taken. The memory of that day feels like yesterday. I gave Stan a Spider-Man pin that I made. He seemed really happy to have it. I like to tell myself that he put it on his fridge. Makes me happy. Gilbert TM75 said I met him at his house through his maid. Stanley was really nice. He showed me his trophy room where he had all of his Marvel collection. He took pictures and was very nice, signing them after I developed the pictures. So sad to hear he passed away.
3: Wow, that dude went inside his home?
0: That's what he wrote. I mean, yeah, the man was responsible for creating this universe, man. I just. I mean, we're talking um, Spider Man, Hulk, uh, Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Daredevil, Black Panther, X Men. One
3: thing that, you know, he he really emphasized is that he wanted these heroes to have their own flaws, you know. They had problems, too. And he kind of used the stories in a way to kind of, you know, almost give a, a moral story, you know. Especially with, you know, like Spider-Man and a lot of the the other characters. They almost had like, you know, kind of like a, a pick-me-up story, overcoming diversity, overcoming odds and things like that and that was just kind of his way of sending his message out to the world
0: you know all the the cameos were really cool too with the uh,
3: yeah who's gonna do the cameos now
0: from what i understand he had shot uh
1: the next few ahead of time yeah Mm -hmm. so we should still get to watch him
0: for a little bit that's cool people would be really excited about that i hope his last days were happy Um, the man's lived a brilliant life i mean you don't really get much of a better life than that i mean there's no such thing as a perfect life but that he lived a brilliant life
3: and well he also did some work with dc too he did the just imagine stories he did a whole series on those i mean he got imagining the well yeah i mean he took like characters like batman superman wonder woman lantern flash just about everybody in the whole you know the main players in the dc realm and You know, they they kind of gave him free range to do whatever he wanted, and he kind of Marvelized him in a way.
1: Yeah, that was uh, back in the days when Marvel and DC uh, could play nice together.
3: He liked to uh, you know make the names you know alliterate. Batman's name was like Wayne Williams. Mm -hmm. uh, That sounds
0: like a porn star. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of
3: was also you know an originator of. You know, some of the comic writing method, you know, that the Marvel method or whatever right. they call it. How, yeah. And that was pretty much, you know, how a lot of artists came up learning how to work. You know, especially like, you know, for example, Capullo wasn't used to a heavy, detailed script. He was just used to kind of a synopsis on this page. Batman fights this guy
0: and then it kind of moves
3: along. Yeah, I mean, he he was also an originator, not just the final product, but also also the method.
0: Yeah. It goes without saying that his legacy is it's just going to get stronger and stronger throughout time. So, here's to you, Mr. Stan Lee, wherever you are right now, with Jack Kirby, Stanley and Jack Kirby together once again. Oh, and that one when the other thing about Stan Lee is like he definitely ironed out everything before he left like uh, unlike Bob Kane who kind of took the cowardly way out way till the end I think uh Stanley kind of settled any kind of whatever you want to call it dispute or whatever it was with Kirby while they were both here meaning for credit credit I should say and uh Stanley you know he's you really too. he's a politically correct guy but he was right he said you know it's going to be argued forever like some people gonna say you're responsible for things. Some people I'm gonna say responsible for things, and even we could both argue with it. But at the end of the day, your contribution will never go overseen. And he said that's about Kirby. So I think, uh, you know, that was that was pretty good that they did that. Cause uh, comic book royalty, man. So. Uh,
1: I met Stan briefly at uh, Fan Expo maybe three or four years ago, and this was at one of the times when Stan was uh, in really bad shape. Uh, his health was really bad. Uh, his, I went to a panel that he did, and it actually started really late. Uh, I want to say it was an hour to two hours late uh, because uh, I think it was Max, that was his handler at the time, uh, decided that Stan needed uh, a break, needed some time to, to go back to the hotel and rest. So you know, that was the right thing to do. He took him you know, back to his hotel. Stan had a, probably had a nap for a while, then came back, did the panel, and I got to meet him really briefly on his way out of the panel. And even though he was super sick, not not well at all, shouldn't have even have traveled all the way here for the con. Uh, he was still super warm and just such a nice guy. And uh, how many people are that nice to you when they feel good, let alone when you know they should be at home getting better?
0: So yeah, man. So here's to you, Stan. Excelsior.